everyone and welcome to play on k the korean drama podcast with emily and raquel and this week we finished chicago typewriter whoa but like can you actually believe we're done with another k drama though because it's blowing my mind time is flying. so fast time is flying and it feels good it feels right yeah to be done with this one Feels like 80 years happened in four weeks. <laughs> 83 to be exact. <laughs> um, like you said, I feel like a lot of my feelings... You said this... I don't know if you'll include <laughs> this in the recording, so you said it before the podcast. No, I might I have th- to. It's canon. A lot of uh, good feelings got resolved, or a lot of bad feelings got turned into good feelings by the end yeah i'm actually surprised at like how a lot of the stuff that they did in the final episode made the rest of the k-drama and like the things i complained about like totally made it worth it which i was really into i was glad that they managed to give it an ending that i don't know focused on a lot of really good themes and, like, tied up a lot of feelings that I had, like, conflicting feelings. They were like, oh, let's just tie this in a neat little bow. Here you go. The real story was friendship all along, and I was like, I do love (laughs) stories about friendship. I do. (laughs) That's so interesting that you really liked it, because I felt like became a really good show by the end but I still didn't love the last episode we can jump into that later though let's go in order so we can talk about the less interesting first two episodes first yes so episode 13 starts out with the shootout in the past like there's cops there's snipers they send Seiju and Junsol into the past. And that was really, really cool. Yeah. That was a I cool liked, touch. I liked how they explained it. How Shinyol said, this time you were aware that you were watching your past life, which is why you can't interact with your past life anymore. Yeah, I think that's actually a surprisingly good explanation, because... There was one moment where I was like, come on, that's convenient. <laughs> and then uh-huh. I was like, okay. But I do like the idea that it's a bit like, um, I don't know, the idea behind lucid dreaming. And, like, and if you know you're in a dream, you can control the space. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they know they're in a dream, so they're in more control. Like, they can't be hurt or interact. Yeah. Whereas every other time, they were viewing their past lives from their own perspective. So yeah. they they were in it. They were so it was cool. It was really, really cool. And they had good outfits. I was, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I really loved John Soul's outfit. And then she's like, I'll take it to the past with me. Yeah. And that was you. one of those outfits she actually kept on for a while. And I was like, oh, yes. thank God it was a good one. She kept it for a lot of scenes. Because then, like, the next scene that she's in, after she's, like, changed and it's the next day or whatever, she's wearing a t-shirt that's, like, five times her size. It's red. And a denim the skirt. The red t-shirt and the yes. denim skirt I... and the freaking long white socks? Yes. What is that? <laughs> Why? Why? That's not a casual look. That's a hideous look. You brought that to your boyfriend's house for your first sleepover. I think that was episode 14. And at the same time, Seiju wore, like, really, really wide-legged pants. Yeah. They were also extremely bad. With sandals. (laughs) Like, what? Why? I hate it. I hate it. 
both of their outfits. At least they're pretty together on, like, they're going to have a bad day, and then they're going to have a good day. This has been my most consistently least favorite fashion show. Like, this show has been consistently just not great. It's not on point a lot. But I was thinking their very last outfits in the end of episode 16 after the book signing or the like book premiere whatever they're walking down the street and i love their outfits they do look really nice they look really nice but also not normal at all like runway nice really right. like, that's weird why is his why are he why is he wearing two shirts and they're both tucked in but like One's an open shirt. Yeah, one's unbuttoned over top yeah. the other one, and it's all white. It's all white. It's a <laughs> look, and I love it. <laughs> and then she's rocking another kimono, just like she did at the beginning of 13. Yeah, I really like her, like, her uh, knit kimonos, I, I guess is the way that I would explain them. Love it. Yeah. So yeah, they're very hit and miss with this forward-thinking fashion. Yeah, mostly miss. Some hit. (laughs) Mostly miss. That's fair. Okay, so they they go back to the past, and John Soul follows Ryu Su Hyun. Yeah, I have refused. We've been watching this show for 16 episodes, and I have refused to learn their names from the past. Really? Yeah, you could quiz me on it right now. I would fail. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I I did so hard. I studied so hard. I still obviously can't say them quickly, but I know them in my head, and that's pretty good. Yeah. I just don't want to learn... Two names for every character. I'm over it. I don't... I feel like one name for every character is plenty of names. Don't be greedy. (laughs) Don't be greedy. They're so hard for us. We're so dumb. We can't do this. We can't do the Korean names. Okay, John Sol, a.k.a. John Smith, follows (laughs) her past self. And... I thought that was really, really cool, where Suhyun is a sniper, and then she, like, walks downstairs, and she's Anastasia, and then she runs into old-timey Taemin. I also wrote down his name. I think it's Young Min. Yeah, they kept that one simple. They kept that one simple, because one of the names is the same. And she very cleverly asks him to walk her at least to the main street, and I'm always like, oh, it's so cool when people are like, yeah, keep your enemies closer. I live by that. Right. So I'm like, oh, spooky. I'm like, you're doing great. You got this intrigue down to a science. To a science. And homeboy Seiju follows his self? No, he does he follow? He follows um... Young Ju, Young Min. Yeah, young men. Okay, when they split up, he follows young men and sees Shinyo get in the car with him. Uh, this is one of those things that's like, I don't know if I already said, but so much of the tension that they build in 13 and 14 is resolved by 16. But like when you're watching it, you're like, no, Shinyo's the spy. He's selling information. That's like not even possible. And then two scenes later he's like oh no i can explain that yeah it's they all good they don't do a whole lot of build up for their uh like did they do it who done it type uh-huh. situations and it's fine because i found myself kind of like things that felt too cliche like uh yul shin selling information to the japanese i just did not I don't know. It didn't seem realistic. Yeah, so I I just rolled my eyes. I was like, okay, yeah. (laughs) Establish the circle of distrust. I'm not buying it. Yeah, that's fair. But it just... Looking back 
as far as like a page of notes, it feels like such a waste of time to be like, oh, we almost got you. And you're like, you didn't. You did not. Just pick someone else to almost be the spy and then explain it away. Yeah. I, uh, going into this episode, you know how last week we talked about how I could not, for the life of me, remember what happened, like, before the episode I'm currently watching? Completely forgot about the villain girl. Like, totally. (laughs) Was not even thinking about her. Uh, and then she makes this comeback, and I was like, oh, damn it. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> she is back in a big way. Um, Wasn't it 14 that she really comes back? Yeah, through 14, she, she ki- does a kidnapping. She does some crime. She does some crime things. Yeah, and and steals a person. Uh, that person is John Sol. And by this point, I am so underwhelmed by her villainhood. <laughs> she just seems sad in 14. Yeah. Because she loses her blackmail. Yeah, so then she's just a pawn in the game. Yeah. Taemin snaps. Yeah, Taemin goes crazy. Oh, wait, okay, so 14 is really about the present day. 13, I think, was a lot about the past, and I just want to shout out to the very last scene in 13 before we end it, because it was so beautiful. I think it was one of my favorite scenes in this whole show. It was very good. When is it the scene where they're all in the past they're all getting ready for like the big uh fight essentially, like the big intrigue mission and it's the whole resistance party together and No. I don't remember when that one was. I know what scene you're talking about. Maybe it was just before the scene that I really loved. What scene did you love? The scene that I loved was Yu Su Hyun is outside kind of being sad. And then So Hyun comes out and kind of like real subtly admits that he loves her. And she's like, I can't be jealous of my own country because that's who you love more than you love me. So in this life, we can't be together. And they like promise each other that in their next lives they'll be together and they do it in a way better way than I'm explaining it because it was like captivating I was was on the edge of my seat yeah it was a really beautiful scene beautifully handled beautifully beautifully handled that was there were so many scenes in these last four episodes that all the stupid vague scenes and all the build-up that we were complaining about for the past three episodes of Plan K. They all came together and just made the ending really poetic. Where you're like, you're in it with these characters. And oh, it just makes everything sad and beautiful. Yes. I think that they finally took the time to really establish, I guess why everyone was the way they were, if that makes sense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's To put it that way makes it sound like that particular piece of review falls really flat, but also <laughs> that is how it felt. Like, oh, you are finally giving me a reason to care about the fact that they're in love in their past life because every other time that they've interacted, it's like, obviously they have feelings for each other, but it's really antagonistic because they're not supposed to be in love. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't really care. That, But then the way that they're finally able to present it, like in that scene where she talks about how I finally get it. You don't have to worry because I understand my own feelings now. And I understand your feelings. And I know that you can't love me because of this. But he also is like, 
We'll get it next time, girl. I should not have cheapened it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, so that that was everything to me. I loved it. I loved it. I really liked that scene oh. before it, before he walks out. Yeah. Okay, now that I'm reading my notes, I see what scene you meant. Yeah. It was real, real good. When they all talk about what they want to do when the war is over, I think that what really got me by the end of this K-drama... I mean, there were so many things that finally felt really important, like the friendships and everything. But uh, there was another scene previously in some episodes that kind of touched on this, and it was my favorite scene up to this point, and it kind of brings back this whole thing of, like, it's these people in this really hard era that are just trying their best to stay patriotic and fight for independence and give themselves and their families and their future families in their country the best life possible. And later it goes into a little bit of history, like, if you stick around through the credits, it... Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, really, really good. But even before that, you feel, like, these little moments of these humans that and why they're fighting. And this is one mm-hmm. of those scenes where everyone's standing up and talking about what they're fighting for, what future they want for Korea and for themselves. And it's so beautiful. It is really good. Oh, <laughs> there's like one thing that I want to say to just uh, also ruin the moment. <laughs> um, but they play this really weird, like, lute cover of the theme song during that scene. I didn't even notice. It's super weird. <laughs> I was like, a cover of the theme song this is a great place to use it. It's a beautiful scene, and I think it ties in well. But not this one. <laughs> it really disrupted the moment for me. That song being so weird. But anyways, besides that weird lute, um, real, real good. I also wrote, just at the peak of that scene, Mr. Joe is gonna die, and it's gonna break me. And guess who didn't die, Raquel? <laughs> The one Mr. person. Joe. All I wanted was him not to die. And he didn't. Against he all didn't. the odds. They gave us one thing. He gave us Mr. Joe. He could be a father now. I think it's the first time that we've ever been like, you can't have them, and they really didn't take them. Right? That's... Okay, we'll jump into it more, but that's my problem with episode 16. It wasn't sad enough. It didn't hurt you enough. (laughs) It didn't hurt me enough. Um, First, let's go through 14. Because we started talking about this is kind of... What's her name? Jo Sung-mi? Jo Sung-mi's episode. Her big break. Finally. Finally. Um, So, Eugenio sends the copy of Destiny to reporter... Song. What's his name? Song? Young? Song. I think it's Song. I don't know. Uh, he does, he's I don't... like not even a tertiary character. Yeah. So. Is, we're not going to learn his name <laughs> at this point. So she, he sends it to the reporter, and the reporter's like, oh, Big Timon is a fraud, and he has a real hard day. I felt pretty bad for him at that point, but um, then he broke, and you're like, this is the consequence of your own actions. You can't be crazy now. That's not fair. A lot, because, I don't know, there were some parts, maybe I'm just an idealistic fool, but there were some parts when it truly felt like they're, they were going to give Taemin a redemption moment. And so every time one of those moments were presented... 
and he squandered it, I just got angrier. I was so mad because there were so many people that weren't only giving him chances, but telling him exactly how to use those chances, like his dad constantly being like, now's your big chance, son. It's time to be a good person. And every time Taman refused, flat out not having Mm -hmm. it. I will find some other seedy, creepy way to handle the situation. Thanks, but no thanks, Dad. Yeah. And it all comes to a climax of him running over Eugene with his car. And I thought that was such a cool way to show how far he had fallen, where he was like, I committed a crime, and it ended up okay, like, accidentally pushing Seiju off the roof and he's like I think I don't know if he thought he was okay but he saw him fall off the roof and then he was like I'm willing to kill any witnesses to this crime it's like whoa whoa that's not good no that's a you're at rock bottom now and even still he still sucked. Yeah. He hit what I thought was rock bottom trying to run someone over. And then Eugenio goes to him and he tries to tell him how awful he is. And Taemin is still not getting it. He's still yeah. just, what are you? And it's like, oh, Taemin, come on. Taemin. Don't worry about your it. Your conscience, like right now. All he is is your conscience, because you're being a real butt. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know, man. I really wanted Taemin to make it out of the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't know At why, least, because like, I hate I, him. Like, he's yeah. creepy and manipulative. He's every terrible quality that I can think of. He hurt his cat uh, screw that guy. And I screw still that guy. am so... I was so hoping that he would have a moment where he would make a comeback. I don't... I'm a fool. It's like... It's just weird that they leave him without any chance of, like, coming back. Like, the last conversation he has, he's still like, I'm never going to admit to my wrongdoings. I can't cope with reality anymore. Like, that's a real weird place to end Tame in. (laughs) Not like a stepping stone of him being like, like admitting to even Seiju, like, what I did was wrong. Or like apologizing, even saying sorry. They're just like, hmm. No, he's fallen and he can't get up. He's done. (laughs) He's over. What? I think overall what bothers me the most about the fact that Taemin was just evil is this whole reincarnation thing where he's continually reincarnated the same level of grody. I just... I like to imagine... I don't know. If reincarnation is real, then it also matters. Cause you they get all... to be a frog because you're gross. Right. And they all got their little prayers where they said, like, oh, I just want to be with my friends in the next life. And it was really sweet. It was really, really good. But first of all, what was Taemin's little prayer? Obviously, he was a bad person, so his little <laughs> wishes can't be granted. <laughs> But they were. His wishes were to hunt those three again in the next life. (laughs) My hope is to continually chase down these three friends forever. Forever. Ultimately fail. Yes. I'm I'm I don't know. Yeah, why? I'll just repeat my previous life over and over again. That would be fine. And the gods are like, sure. <laughs> if you enjoy that, I guess. Guess. I guess we'll give you that. End Taemin. <laughs> That's it. Exit that was like Taemin. all of episode 14. Yeah. That was Taemin's episode. There is just one part. Um, and I actually feel really bad because it's the last time you see 
Jian uh, Sol's friend, Bong Jin. Bong Jin? Um, I think so. And I really liked her friend. I thought her friend was an awesome character. And the last time you see her, she's crying in a park, being hugged by a ghost only she can see. So effectively, she's crying alone in a park because she fell in love with a ghost and she doesn't know how to handle how much she likes him. That scene was like weirdly cruel to me, where I was like, Junsel, you're bringing over Eugene you can't be like wait in the courtyard. You have to be like go to this very public park <laughs> and talk to her there. Like, no, he's a ghost. They should talk in private. Yeah, like don't make her do this. Don't yeah. leave her to this terrible fate. So oh, she's a creep weird. now who cries alone yeah. in a park. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. It was cute that he was like, oh, I'd love to ask you on a date. And that was kind of their end scene. But, yeah, it just never got resolved, I guess. She just never showed up again. Dang, I didn't even think about that until just now, and I'm a little frustrated that they, that's it. That was it for her. That was it for them. Yeah, okay. I mean, she shows up at that book release at the very end. Oh, yeah, and she's really excited, and it's really, really sweet. She's in a good place, but it's hard to... I don't know. Hopefully, th- the book resolved a lot of her internal issues with love. But I don't know. It seems like it was supposed to be more comedic that she is in love with him. And so I... They tried to play that into their ending of the relationship, but I was like, no, it's too far. She's crying too hard. She's in too public a space. There's too much going on. Mean now. You're just being mean. She's never even spoken to him in a real conversation. Don't play me like this. Don't do this. I like her. What else? Okay. Episode 15. Wait, wait, wait. There's a note that I wrote at the end of episode 14 where Han Seju falls off of a roof. And he falls so long. And there's so much green screen going on. (laughs) It's so weird to me. You can see where he's hanging out of his harness, essentially. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why do K-dramas make choices like this? It's like Hwayugi, where they were like, let's animate this giant dragon. And you're like, <laughs> no, Hwayugi, we don't need to see the dragon. Less is more. They're like, we need to show Hansuju being scared and like flailing his way through the sky. You're like, no, no. you could have just shown Taemin's reaction, and I think that would have been better. Right, like you didn't have to, we can just assume he fell. I'd be fine with that. And then you can show, like, the one part where his body gets possessed. And then quickly get away from that as fast as you can. Because your effects are a little bit whack. I'm so sorry. They're a little bit whack. There's There's some effects in this show. And I feel like I can't name them because I didn't notice a lot of them. But, you know, there's some magic stuff going on. Yeah, like, sometimes... There's some time travel stuff. Yeah, sometimes, oh, her... Eugenio walks through walls, and... That's true, and sometimes he, he's, like, flickering, and he's got, like, a crack in his body. Yeah. Those are real good. Now I can name some of them, and they were <laughs> real well done. But Hansuji falling off a roof was, like, facepalm for me. Yeah, it was a lot. And whenever I see bad effects like that, it really does... It's it's kind of like an unpleasant jolt out of my immersion. And mm-hmm. it was already hard enough to stay immersed in a lot of what was happening. But then they're like, Welcome back, you are watching Chicago Typewriter <laughs> and Hansi Ju is falling. Like, no, I don't need this announcement. 
I don't know. It was very weird. Um, they kind of played it off later where they were like, he's having this very long memory of the past. And that's why he falls for so long. Because it shows, like, this cut. Yeah, and it is a long memory. He remembers things very fast, apparently, because the entirety of episode 15 is just what he remembers, pretty much. I liked it. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I loved episode 15, because it was all in the past, and it was all this great big heist mission that they're pulling Uh, off. It must have been 15 that I was thinking of then, because I remember one of them being, like, all the past, and I thought it was 13. It might have been 13 and 15, because I think there were at least... There were two episodes where, like, half the episode was in the past, um, because... I think maybe a lot of 13, because I was kind of jolted by 14 being so much in the present. Yeah. Like, I'm, you got me hooked on the past. I, I prefer I'm ready past. for more. Yeah. I prefer the past. Take and then they're like, we gotta clean up some stuff in 14. <laughs> we gotta finish some some stuff here. Because like you said, you totally forget about Jo Song Mi when you're in the past. Like, oh, she doesn't seem that bad compared she to, I don't know, the Japanese army. Yeah, she doesn't matter compared to the Japanese army. Like, the Jap- the Japanese army for sure is the villain in this show. Yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry, Joe Sung Me. We forgot about you. But then in fifteen they bounce you right back and they're like, here's a here's a whole lot more. And and then it's just it feels like amateur hour. It just isn't I don't know, it's just this amateur villain running around like tripping yeah. young women into her house and then tying <laughs> them up and leaving to go to the grocery store. Leaving to go to the grocery store. Okay. I just realized, did she never get caught? No, she, she, if they announced it, I wasn't paying attention to that particular detail. I forgot because she doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's weird that she just like walks away and they're like, we don't need a bolo on this one. We're going to let her, let her run. <laughs> we got Taemin. So we'll we just... got Taemin. We got John Sol. Everything's good now. It's so... like, No. An accomplice to a kidnapping. Chicago typewriter too. Chicago typewriter Where it's two. Where their third incarnation, and they're all there, but they have to go back and discover who murdered all of them, and it was her. And Jo Sung Mi is Han Ji's mom now. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. You can do anything in reincarnation. Fine. It, folks, our spin-off every episode, the end of every <laughs> K-drama, we design a spin-off. This is the worst show. one yet. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay. Episode 15. Let's take a blast to the past. Yes. Uh, it's very good. It's very there's like good a, There's like a big old party going on. The climax of the past events, I think. There's a lot of build-up to this, and I'm glad it finally happened. Yeah. And it was good. I was stressed. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, they open fire, and I am just always surprised when there's that kind of gunfire in a Korean drama. This one has been probably the heaviest... Gunfire, because there's a straight-up machine gun. There's a Chicago typewriter in it. But there's also a lot of gore in this show. Yeah. Like, like, the the two main male leads, their deaths were like, let's just use this whole freaking bottle of fake blood. Yeah, just like dribble it on their head. Like everyone. I think what really... Not to get too punny here, what really blows my mind is how many headshots there were. Raquel. <laughs> nice. Don't mind me while I laugh very hard at my own joke away from the cat or away from the mic. Yeah, there were there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of shooting in the heads. Interesting show. 
Nothing else to say. Yeah, That's the it. past was cool. It was a cooler storyline. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I don't really feel the need to go into it overly much. Yeah. There's, like, a little bit where we find out more about Sophia. Madam Sophia. Yeah. And that's kind of explained, but it's, like, not satisfactory for anyone to be like, I remembered my past life, and I betrayed you for the sake of my child, so in this life I decided to abandon my child. I think you can find a middle ground in your next life, and <laughs> maybe just have a normal relationship with your child. Like, don't leave him, don't... Uh, don't, don't give him away as a baby. Yeah, don't I guess it, kill kinda, all of your friends for them. Like, yeah. just normal relationship stuff. Just normal. Don't repeat this again. Yeah. So, but it was interesting. I thought they that was really well written. She was a good, well written character. Yeah, the spy. The, the sad spy. spy. The sad spy. <laughs> And, yeah. Um, we'll jump back into, because I feel like it, it ends with So Young on the cliff, and then he jumps back to his green screen. Yeah, you do discover in the past that, ultimately, the person who did betray everyone was Yul Shin. Which is pretty heartbreaking, because he never meant to. In fact, he meant to take all of the heat. He meant to sacrifice himself, and he's too good for this world. And he just doesn't know how to play people. Yeah. Best intentions, worst, abs- just, like, absolute worst Wished outcome. everything. Wished yeah. everything. Senor. Okay. That was the beginning of... The sad train for our poor Shinyul. Oh. But I don't think he finds out until, like, episode 16, so that's good. Yeah. I think, um, somehow in episode, I don't remember if it's in episode 15 or 16, but probably my all-time favorite monologue is in one of these episodes, and it is when... Uh, Seju of the past. Um, he sends his most prized possessions to Yulshin in the hopes that he survived, which he did. He was the only one to really make it out. Him and and the one other assassin made it out of that situation. And uh. The monologue that Seju's past self gives about how he wants his story told and he, like, cherishes their friendship so much because their story was so important to him and everything they fought for was so important. And that was the one, like, that scene alone kind of made this whole K-drama for me because it, I think... There's something about monologues that always gets me. I really like well-written monologues. I am such a dweeb for Lord of the Rings, Sam's monologues at the end of every damn movie. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm already a sucker for monologues. And then this one was really good because it really explained, I guess, kind kind of the beauty of everything that they went through and everything that they had, even... Like I, like I was kind of saying earlier, what, things were hard. They lived a hard life. But they also had really great friendships, and they fought for a cause they believed in, and it's just really lovely. It's really good. You've seen it. You listened to it. You remember. You guys know. Yeah. That's, that's really well put. I feel like um, that's kind of why I liked the scene... Between um, Huyang and Suhyun so much as well back in 13. Because similar to the monologue, it just fits so well. It's like the last puzzle piece to this weird puzzle show. 
where you never know what's going on or why these people have these relationships until this these last four episodes. Because I think a big problem that I had with Seiju and John Sol's relationship was Shin Yul hovering around and being like, I was in love with her in the past. And you're like, did they have like a normal cute relationship? And Seiju was on the sidelines like creeping. And they're like, no, not really. None of them had a relationship <laughs> per se. But only these two were really in love. And like to me, that was cuter than the mixed up love triangle that Shinyul inserted himself into. Yeah. I don't know. It's cuter that he loved them both. Right. And that they loved each other as like man and woman. And Shinyul loved them as friends and kind of had a crush on her, but not so deep as Hui Young's crush. Right. Uh, and then it, yeah. So my scene and your scene, I feel like really tied up the show nicely where you're like, oh, the themes are love and friendship and overcoming hardship together. And I love that there's a scene that follows that monologue where um, Seju kind of feels bad for Shinyo, where he's like, you trapped yourself in a typewriter for 80 years over something that I was just half joking. He's like, I didn't expect you to live forever to write this book. You didn't have to put all this effort in. And it just, oh, there's so much love between them. That's so cute. It is. I love their friendship and how it develops and how important in present day Eugenio uh, becomes to Seiju as well. And then he is able to, yeah, come back with all of his memories and and forgive him for everything or rather even say there's nothing to forgive i you were never blamed for anything we all had these really hard positions and we were all just trying our best and i'm not him anymore i'm in my new life and but he never blamed you either and it's really good this is also a story about forgiveness and yeah it's handled in a very nice way I love that Seiju also has a very different perspective from John Soul, where whenever he talks to Shin Yul, he says, You're not Shin Yul, you're Eugino. I'm not Hui Young, I'm Seiju. We're different people. We've moved on from our past lives. And I love you like Hui Young loves Shin Yul. But there's nothing to forgive you for. We're living a new life in a new day. And, oh. But then funny. it's interesting that the very next scene is Junsol talking to Shinyul. And they're talking as, like, their past life selves. They're like, here's how Yusu Hyun felt. And she's so sorry or I'm so sorry that I had to do what I had to do. It's just, I thought it was a really cool juxtaposition of, like, they're not their past selves, but they are because they remember their past lives and they feel the same feelings. Yeah, so they can... like, cool. Yeah, oh. they can express what the other felt at the time, which I... Yeah, I really like, because I think that everyone needed to experience some forgiveness in in all of those situations. Like, everyone kind of played a part in a really bad situation that no one came out of unscathed, but also they are more than willing to forgive each other for the parts they played and, and apologize for the parts they played, and it's really good. It's just it's really good. I like how they wrapped up a lot of those hard feelings yeah i because i thought the 
the ending or the that scene between John Soul and Shin Yul was really, really good where they talked about their past because you find out Ryu Su Hyun died being so sad over killing Shin Yul. You're like, oh no. I don't know. I cried at that scene. I, I was I real, was, real sad. It was a heartbreaking scene, and it was so well acted as as well, because mm-hmm. I I think that they fully portrayed everyone's heartbreak extremely well, and I felt it. I felt so heartbroken. It was beautiful, and I'm glad that they brought it up, because... I think you don't understand how guilty she felt over killing him. Because you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. Maybe other people are more sympathetic. I'm still just so mad that it's like she was tortured to protect information that you gave away to protect her. It's just, oh, it's so twisted. There's no there's no good outcome no. from those scenes. So her being like you loved me enough to save me and I love the resistance enough to kill you it's like Raquel I can't even put it into words this show's just so sad <laughs> it's so and beautiful sad. like they- you I think what's most amazing is they managed to... I did not care about this until this episode, and then they yes. brought me to cry. And that's what... That's the really amazing... Uh, the really amazing thing behind all of this is I went from zero to 100 in one episode. But like I said, I don't know if it was as... I think it was Shinyul's ending that wasn't as sad as I kind of wanted it to be because I had built it up so much in my mind. Yeah. That, like, he's a ghost. He can't stay with you forever. And they had that. Like, that was real sad. He just disappeared. But then they're like, we can save his soul and put him in this book. And I gotta say, I bawled when he walks in the room and cute uh hui young and su su hyun yes turn around and look at him and they're like where have you been and he's like i've been having a just a good dream a little nap <laughs> i was I like did, a baby. i did cry as well yes i did very much cry at that part i was sitting in the living room at my house hoping my roommates wouldn't walk through the room just like holding my hand over one of my eyes <laughs> But I don't know. I just thought, like, it wouldn't be such a happy ending. And I guess that's usually what I prefer, so I'm surprised that I'm like, I wanted more heartbreak, but it was more just, like, happy tears. Yeah. I think I really liked the ambiguity of that final scene as well. I don't always love ambiguous scenes unless they're particularly well handled, but I loved that combination of it was all a dream, but it, like, it wasn't. Yeah. And you can kind of assume he's inside of the book now, the novel, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's, like, a, a sentient part of it. Like, he knows. Yeah. I don't know, it's tricky, and if you think about it too much, it it's very strange, but I also like it. I think it fits well in the context of this show where mm-hmm. they play around a lot with death and memories and ghosts attaching themselves to things and places and people. So I like it a lot. I don't know why I'm so dissatisfied. I'm going to give it a week <laughs> and on our bonus episode I'll be able to talk about my feelings and maybe by then I'll be like I'm happy with a happy ending as per usual but maybe I'll find some reviews online that are like here's why the ending is just a little just a little not not perfect and I'll be like yes that's how I felt 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you, internet person that's smarter than me. I do love when we get the reviews back and they tell me how I felt, because even though we have taken it upon us ourselves to review things, we're not the best at it. Other people are very good at it. We're working on it. We're working every day to get better. That's why we keep doing this darn podcast. We love it. I'm gonna keep doing it forever, but... Yeah. Like... So, I hope if anybody out there is listening, and they can put their thoughts into more coherent words, and they send us, like, an email or leave a comment that's like, here's what you're feeling. I understand you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, if you want to send us an email and tell us what we're thinking and feeling, then do it at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. We have our website as well where you can comment on episodes of the podcast or you can subscribe to our newsletter and then we'll try and keep you updated on when we start new K-dramas and when we just do stuff that's out of the use. We try not to overload you with info, but it is also a really good place to stay connected. So yeah, go to the website, sign up for a newsletter if you are interested, and come hang out with us. It's playonk.com. Yeah, you can always tweet your thoughts at us. We are at playonk on Twitter. And then we've got that good, good you... No iTunes <laughs> channel. We do not have a YouTube channel. We don't. Not yet. No. Maybe someday. Um, maybe someday when we put makeup on before we record. Oh, it's never happening then. <laughs> <laughs> it's 6.30 at night here, and I still haven't put makeup on for the day. <laughs> I actually do have makeup on, but I did not wash my hair. It's very greasy. and more <laughs> grease bun. So... <laughs> If me and Raquel can combine our efforts, someday we'll look appropriate for YouTube. It'll be... But not yet. Yeah. Right now it's iTunes. Yep, and that's just Play on K. You can rate and review us there, and we would super appreciate it. Good reviews only. Please. JK, just do what you want. Do what you um, feel. Thank you, as always, to James Hevel for our theme song. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. And we'll see you guys next week for Chicago Typewriter 2, the sequel that's all about, <laughs> <laughs> all about our kidnapper, whatever her name was. And, and her children, Seiju. Seiju and Shinyo. Cute. I'm um, just kidding. We'll see you for the bonus episode. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. bye.